We welcome you to worship at College Park. Several things that we need to make announcements as we get started. First, pew pads. We invite members and guests. Let us know that you are here by signing this pew pad. We ask everybody to fill it out, send it down so everybody has a chance to, uh, to put their name down. We do ask that last person, when you get done with it, send it back to where it got started. And we do ask that first person, when it comes back to you, if you could tear out the pages that were used today, and our ushers will collect those at the end of the service. Several very quick announcements. Children's time today. Also, changing the youth schedule. No youth tonight. There is, we will make that up at a later date. No youth tonight, except youth choir. We'll be rehearsing. Um, exam packs. We are uh, headed in the next week and a half uh, to visit our college students. Uh, we're going to be doing exam packs uh, this Wednesday evening. Uh, so we need either store-bought or homemade, individually wrapped uh, snacks. Could be sweets, could be uh, chips, doesn't matter. Could be brownies. We like brownies. We, uh, brownies helped me get from one college campus to the next. Um, so we are thankful for anything that you can provide. Uh, so we'd like to get them by this Wednesday uh, so that uh, we can do them Wednesday evening. Uh, if you could provide those uh, individually wrapped, uh, we, would, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, bring those uh, to the youth room or you can just bring them up here and we'll get them down uh, to the youth area. It is the beginning of the week of prayer for our our Christmas offerings, our Lottie Moon Global Missions offering. And so we want to continue to be praying for our missionaries uh, and to be ra uh, raising funds to, to support them around the world. William, where'd William go? Come on. Good morning. I am William Henson, and on December 14th, I'll be hosting a concert in Smith Hall um, at 7 o'clock uh, of my music. Uh, it's all proceeds or all donations go towards uh, funding my Eagle Scout project. Um, my Eagle Scout project will be uh, three benches and a sandbox for the new playground at the church. And um, the concert is free, it's donation only. so. Hope y'all can come out. Thanks. Thank you, William. A couple other we want to remind you of next Sunday uh, is Children's Sunday. Uh, we will not be having the 9 o'clock service. There will be a fellowship breakfast at 9 o'clock, uh, then Sunday school, and then our children will be leading in worship in here. Uh, this is Sunday you, you do not want to miss as, as our children are responsible for them from the beginning to the end. Uh, of leading us in worship. So we look forward to that. We will be rehearsing at 6.30 this Wednesday during the regular Wednesday serve, uh, children's programs. Uh, so want parents to know about that. Uh, grief support is meeting today uh, at three o'clock. Uh, also, uh, this Thursday at two o'clock, the PMBA uh, candle tea will be held here at College Park. And so the PMBA is in leading in that and with several staff members will be leading with that. So we hope that you, you will be a part of that at two o'clock here at College Park. I want to say a special welcome to our guests. So glad that you are here today. We appreciate the information you gave us on the pew pad just a moment ago. Uh, we would like to give something back to you. Uh, if you are a guest, we have ushers that are eventually going to come down the aisles. And uh, here they come. Um, 
they're going to, they'd like to give something to you. So just raise your hand if you're a guest right where you are. Uh, and they will recognize you and they will give you a inf- uh, packet of information. Uh, inside this packet, you'll find a letter from our pastor welcoming you to our church. Also, you'll find a newsletter that tells you what's going on in the life of our church and uh, a little bit of the history uh, of College Park. So thank you for being a part uh, of worship this morning. As has become one of the favorite parts of Advent for me uh, is the lighting of the Advent wreath. And we have uh, different families uh, that come and be a part of that. And we're inviting David and Beth Matthews to come now. I'll be reading from Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will place a righteous branch upon King David's throne. He shall be a king who shall rule with wisdom and justice and cause righteousness to prevail everywhere throughout the earth. And this is his name, the Lord our righteousness. At that time, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in peace. And I'm reading from Romans 8, 18 through 25. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. For all creation is waiting patiently and hopefully for that future day when God will resurrect his children. For on that day, thorns and thistles, sin, death, and decay, the things that overcame the world against its will at God's command will all disappear and the world around us will share in the glorious freedom from sin, which God's children enjoy. For we know that even the things of nature, like animals and plants, suffer in sickness and death as they await this great event. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from pain and suffering. We, too, wait anxiously for that day when God will give us our full rights as his children, including the new bodies he has promised us, bodies that will never be sick again and will never die. We are saved by trusting, and trusting means looking forward to getting something we don't have yet. For a man who already has something doesn't need to hope and trust that he will get it. But if we must keep trusting God for something that hasn't happened yet, it teaches us to wait patiently and confidently. Today, we light the candle Candle of of hope.
invite kids to come on down. Come on down. Yo, crisscross applesauce right here. Perfect. Perfect. It's good to see everybody this morning. Crisscross applesauce. Everybody looking this way. All right. Crisscross applesauce. All right. Now, I have a test for you this morning. You love tests. You get A's or B's. All right. Well, this, this is a vision test. All right. We're going to see how, how good you are with seeing stuff. All right. You got to be fast. Are you ready? All right. We, we're going to click this here. We'll start. You ready to start the test? When you see a picture, you don't, you, we're going to have to figure out blurting out is something y'all do well. All right. So you can blurt out the answer. So, and then we got, we're going to see a picture. And then we got it. It's going to show us four other pictures. You say, which picture did you just see? Okay. So let, let's try. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. You ready? Sit down. Sit down. All right. A cup. All right. Now, now I'm, y'all sit down. Crisscross applesauce so the people in the back can see. All right. So what'd y'all see? Cup. All right. That's good. All right. Clock. Good. What'd you see? Oh, house, that's right. Duck. Duck. Goose. All right, duck. Fish. Fish. Good. Uh, I think it was an apple. Oh, no, you're... Oh, you were right. Oh, all right. But no, all right, sit down. Here we go. What was it? Was it a clock? All right. Duck. Duck. Oh. What? Oh, y'all couldn't see. All right. Oh, good job. Oh, we failed. All right. Good job. Sit down. All right. Thank you. All right. Now, some of those you could were really big and you could see them, right? But then they got smaller and smaller and smaller. It was hard to see, wasn't it? You had to get really, really close to see what it was. I have a question for you. Now, this is really this will be profound. All right. What is Christmas about? Jesus. Jesus. Boom. But it's about Jesus. But let me ask this. Let me ask this. What? But what do we spend a lot of our time doing? We want presents. We want food. We cake. Cake. Okay. We want to hear ho ho ho. Merry Christmas, right? Really, what happens at Christmas, we can see the big stuff. We see the presents. We see the food. And a lot of times, are you listening? Now I need you listening. A lot of times, Jesus, I need you to listen. A lot of times, Jesus becomes really small. And we fail to see that Christmas really is all about Jesus. So what I want you to do, when you see Christmas trees and you see presents, you see the handbells, I don't want you to think about, what am I going to get for Christmas? I want you to think what you and I already have for Christmas. And that's Jesus. Because he's the big picture. That's what we're looking for is Jesus. Can you help me with that? 
All right, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for helping us see that Jesus is why we celebrate Christmas. For Jesus' birthday is so special to us. Help us to remember He's the most important thing of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can go back to your seats now. Good job. take anything from uh, 
Pastor Raymond's sermon. I heard it first thing at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, but I was planning on greeting you all. Happy New Year! <laughs> as we are here at the beginning of the uh, church calendar with uh, Advent, as we have come off a time of uh, celebration of Thanksgiving. So let us pray and be thankful for what we have. Loving God, we thank you for your protection in the midst of danger. We thank you for your peace in the midst of chaos. Thank you for your love in the midst of selfishness. And thank you for your mercy in the midst of despair. We come today as we are grateful for all that you have given to us. And as we come today to worship and to praise your name, we also want to say thank you. So take now these offerings as a token of our gratitude as we say thank you for all that you do and have done for us. For it is in your precious holy name that we pray. Amen.
great job, handbells. I know they were sweating that piece. Uh, if, you could, if you could look at that piece, I, I don't know how many of you read music and read time signatures. Most couldn't even count the piece, let alone pick up handbells and play it, the way it changes time signatures. It was beautiful. Well done. Exceptional group, and we should appreciate them just as we do our choir and all those who lead us in worship. So, as Chris has already alluded to, this is the beginning of the church year. You know, all around us, the secular culture said it's the end of the year. Well, in, in the church, it's the beginning of the year. It's the beginning of new and exciting things, which leads to the tension of the secular versus the sacred. You know, sociologists and theologians are kind of, they're kind of torn between whether America is truly still a sacred society or whether it is purely a secular society now. Um, my own opinion, for whatever that's worth, that and, you know, a dollar will get you coffee at McDonald's, but um, my, my own opinion is that we are a secular culture with glimpses of the sacred. And we are entering a season of one of those glimpses. And it's our responsibility to take full advantage of those glimpses. We have them throughout the year, whether you count it a church year or a uh, cultural year. Uh, and this is the first Sunday in Advent, and they've lit, lit, lighted, whatever, the candle of hope. The candle of hope. That is something that people are yearning for. If you don't believe me, just, just watch the news. The underlying theme of a great deal of the broadcast news is a lack of hope. It's despair, it's fear, it's, it's all of those things. And as the church, we cannot live that way. We can't be that way. We can't even think that way. Because we know what our hope is, right? Don't we? We know what our hope is. We know how the story works out. I've read the last book. I understand. We should all live in that way. But I think probably the, the, the heart of the problem is that our culture, our world, has no hope because there's no vision. Where they think there's a vision, all of a sudden it becomes clouded and murky and despondent. You know, a, a verse that gets translated and, and recited a lot is Proverbs 29, 18. In the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. There's, there's other modern translations that throw kind of a new, new light on this, this verse, if you will. The New American Bible says, without prophecy, the people become demoralized, but happy is he who keeps wisdom's instructions. The New International Version, which is the version that our Pew Bible is, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who keeps wisdom's instructions. The New Revised Standard says, where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. But happy are those who keep the law. And then one of my favorites, the message, translates it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. <laughs> But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. 
Advent is a season that seeks to impact our lives, and it does, whether we acknowledge it or not. Our culture starts way before the season of Advent, you know, to announcing the arrival, the coming of Christmas. But the way that they announce it is with Black Friday sales, <laughs> or Black Friday before Friday sales, or, or Wednesday before Black Friday sales, and, and all of these things. The way they announce Christmas to us is they want us to buy what they're selling, whether that's Christmas lights, or cards, or decorations, or toys, or electronics, or clothes, or shoes, or, or whatever. And the list goes indeed on and on. But for us, the community of faith Advent is more pointedly a season that reminds us of prophecies, starting in Genesis, continuing through Moses and the prophets, prophecies that the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. There are prophecies that were filled in part by the coming of Jesus, yet there are also prophecies and visions that await even greater completion in Christ's second coming. The babe born more than 2,000 years ago promised he would come back. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then he said, and I'm coming back for you that you can be where I am. Then he asked, do you believe that? Do you believe that? We are to be ready for his return. We are to look forward to his return. And upon his return, it will usher in something that history has never seen. A kingdom that, that, he, that we cannot imagine. We get glimpses of it throughout scripture. Isaiah chapter two is such a glimpse. If you wanna turn with me in your Bible, five verses at the beginning of Isaiah chapter two. Isaiah chapter 2, 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah is giving us a vision of what it could be like when Christ comes back for us. He says the house of God will be the place to be. That's where everybody's going to want to be. People will come to be taught all about God. Now my question is, is that just a vision for the end times? Should it be just a vision for the end times or is it possible today in our lifetime that people will want to come to the house of God, to church, to holy gatherings in sanctuaries or in gymnasiums or in homes or wherever to hear about God and to be taught God's word and to work and to serve in such a way that we will in Isaiah's words beat swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Is that possible in our time? Is Advent 
preparation and hope as simple as the message puts it in Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now, if you turn on the TV during Advent, you're going to see a lot of ads, first of all. But you're also going to see Christmas stories. Anywhere from your shoot your eye out to, to, to the Grinch to whatever. How many times can you see Rudolph? How many times can you see Frosty? And you're going to see them every night between now and Christmas. Trust me. And, and when you try to turn the channel to the next network, you're probably going to find another one. Some of them are animated, some of them are not. One of those classics that you may see is Charles Dickinson's A Christmas Carol. And at the beginning of that story, you know it well, it is clear that the only vision of life for the main character who is Ebenezer Scrooge, his only vision is to make money at any cost, no matter who it hurts, whether it's friends, family, or even himself. He doesn't care. But by the end of the story, Scrooge has quite a different vision of life and money. As he keeps Christmas by using his money, his resources to help others. He makes new friends. He reunites with his family. And he loves Christmas. And he loves life in general. Now, what has changed for him? What has changed? His vision. His vision of what life can be, of what life should be. The messengers that appear to him from Christmas past and Christmas present and Christmas future give him a new perspective on life. And when his vision changes, his life changes. Dr. Seuss has a story, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And that story spins what some see as pretty much the same story as the Christmas Carol, just in a different way. And by the end of that story, the Grinch's heart grows three sizes as he begins to get a new vision of what Christmas is in Whoville. What it should be all about. For it came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps means a little bit more. Yeah. So are these stories just nice stories that we read to our kids or are these Christmas stories classics because there is a strong truth within them? A truth based on the vision of what God offers through the prophet Isaiah that we've read today. Is the vision of today's text limited to the future? Is it limited to out there? Is it limited to the end times when people will come streaming to the house of God? And in hearing the word of God proclaimed, yearn to live that vision in their lives so much that they're willing to turn weapons of war into implements of peace that can help feed the world. Is that only a dream whose time is yet to come, or is that vision attainable today? Is that vision the calling of the church to proclaim the word of God? Why not now? Church, why not now? The calling to live this vision in this time 
So that people understand that season of, the ad, season of Advent, which leads to Christmas, is not defined by ribbons and tags, purchases, layaways, installment plans, on and on. It's about the birth. <laughs> Great answer. If in doubt in church and they ask you a question, what's the answer? What's the answer? Jesus. <laughs> It's about the birth of Jesus. It's about being willing to take the risk to trust Jesus and to live life full out in love. Full out in love for others. It is the willingness to risk sharing that love and that call to which Proverbs 29, 18 alludes, attending to what, first of all, God has revealed in Christ's birth. Second of all, what he is revealing in Christ's life in our midst. And thirdly, what will be revealed in Christ's final coming. Are we willing to take the risk to share what God is doing in our lives and in the life of our church? Are we willing? Are we ready to follow the love of God wherever that may take us? Understanding, church, it's going to take us into the world. It's going to take us out of the comfort of Jerusalem and take us into Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts, the ends of the world, of the earth, everywhere. If we live out the vision of Isaiah, people will come. They will come to find out what has changed how their vision can be changed and what is in the process of changing still within this community of faith. They will come to hear of God and experience God's love and the hope that only comes through Jesus Christ, God's precious gift. With God's help, I believe we can fulfill the vision that God has called us to all along. It's not just for that time. It's not just for our time. It's for all time. My question is, and this is the touchy part, are you ready? Are you ready to be part of that? Are you ready to be the Christ that others see as Christ lives through us? Are you ready to reflect who he is to others? Are you ready to take the challenge and the responsibility to live out Christ-like love for others. This is Advent. This is the Christmas season. This is your opportunity to reach people you may not have an opportunity to talk through the rest of the year. Are you ready? Are you willing to be a part of that? These, these are the tough questions. These are the questions that face us as we begin the season of Advent. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to have a little silent time of prayer. If it goes more than a minute, don't start peeking with both eyes, looking around, everything's okay, I'm still here. But I wanna give you an opportunity to pray and just, just lay yourself out to God. To put yourself at his feet and say, God, use me. Use me in ways that I've never dreamed of before. Use me in ways that will give glory to you, that will reflect the hope of Jesus Christ to a world that seems to be hopeless. Let's pray together.
gracious and glorious God, the giver of all good things. We confess that we tend to be selfish. We tend to look out for what we want. But Father, you have so much more that you want to do through us if we would just yield ourselves to you. God, give us the, the strength, give us the wisdom, give us the courage to be who you've created us to be. To be a beacon of hope. To be salt, light, peace, joy, love, all of these things. All of these Sundays that we celebrate in Advent, help us, help us to be those things to, to people who need to see who you are. Father, allow them to see who you are through the way that we treat them and how we interact with them. God, we understand that that's going to take a great deal of prayer and soul searching and sensitivity on our part. But we know that you can do that through us. We have no doubt that you can do that. Father, give us what we need to submit to your will. Father, that there is so much. There are so many that could be reached if we would just be obedient. So this year, this Advent, the beginning of this church year, give us full resolve to truly be who you've created us to be. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. If you do not have that relationship with Jesus Christ, my friend, you, you have no hope. Only through Jesus Christ can we be resolved, can we be reconciled to the Father. And so our desire for you is that you have that relationship. God's desire for you is that you have that personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. It's that serious, but it's also that glorious. And I can't think of a better Sunday to, to commit your life to Jesus Christ, to say, yes, I desire a relationship with Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing. I'll be here at the front. I'll be glad to talk with you about how you can receive Christ. I'll also be available anytime this week. Give me a call. I'll be glad to meet with you and talk with you and pray with you. If you're here and you're a believer already, and, and hopefully you've had time in our silent prayer time to kind of make things right with God, but certainly the, the altar is open here. If you'd like to talk with me, I'd love to talk with you as well. And if you're here and you'd like to join this church, there's many ways College Park receives members. I'd be glad to talk with you about that. I invite you to make a decision as we stand and sing together now.
our benediction, I'm going to ask you to be seated uh, for the response. And then following that, as we go out from here, speak a word to each other. Uh, greet our guests, encourage one another as we go out into our mission field. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, thank you for the blessings of this day. Father, it truly is a glorious day to worship you, praise you, to, to acknowledge who you are and who we need to be in relationship with you. God, we thank you for your word, how it challenges us and directs us and gives us a vision for truly who we can be as your people. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.